0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Below the Line, a podcast presented by the Lower East Side Film Festival, where we talk about indie filmmaking and other things as well. I'm Shannon Walker, your host, and my co-host is Roxy Hunt. Hi, Roxy. Hello. And our guest today is writer, director, and Lower East Side Film Festival director emeritus and co-founder of the Lower East Side Film Festival, Damon Cardasis.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome.
0: So we're going to be talking about Damon Kardasus' film, Saturday Church, which comes out January 12th. Damon, do you want to talk a little bit, give us a teeny synopsis uh, of the film?
1: Sure. Teeny synopsis. Uh, It is a film about a young boy who is struggling with his gender identity and starts using fantasy to escape his reality. And the fantasies manifest themselves musically. So it's a... Hybrid musical set in uh, New York City with um, first-time actors from the LGBTQ community.
0: Awesome. And the film comes out Friday, January 12th?
1: Friday, January 12th in New York at Village East in L.A. at Arena and on iTunes, VOD platforms, all that good stuff.
0: Damon Cardasis, tell us a little bit about your background and about your script, Saturday Church, when you started writing it, sort of what was the germ of an idea?
1: Sure. So background on me. Um, <laughs> Start there. <laughs> uh, I've done sort of a few things. i worn a few different hats. I wrote a web series with Shannon Walker, who I'm talking to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was directed by <laughs> Tony and Roxy, who I'm talking to mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. then all four of us started a lovely film festival together called the lower east side film festival mm-hmm. um which
2: hopefully you're a fan of if you're listening to this which hopefully you're a fan <laughs> of
1: it's an amazing film festival and uh but i'd also uh i'd I'd worked for at an agency as an assistant, and I worked for producer, Scott Rudin, as an assistant. And then I started a production company with the writer-director, Rebecca Miller. And I produced her film, Maggie's Plan, uh, which came out in 2016. And I produced a documentary on her father, Arthur Miller, which is coming out in March of 2018 and Rebecca always encouraged me to write my own stuff, and after having written the web series I wanted to write a screenplay. I found out about a program at a church in the West Village for um, at-risk LGBTQ youth, um, many who are homeless, uh, and I started volunteering there and hearing their stories and and um, was sort of amazed by what they'd gone through, but also their spirit and uh, community that they built and um, their ability to persevere and survive and um, so I did research there I went there for months volunteering hearing their stories and sort of wove it into uh, the screenplay and um, we shot it not this past summer Uh, we shot it in July of 2016 for 20 days we were only able to shoot nine-hour days because the lead boy was 16 years old. And uh, it premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival this past April 2017. It was a run-up for the Audience Award. And then it's been playing uh, film festivals all around the country and the world, I can say now. Mm-hmm. And it got acquired by Samuel Goldwyn Films. And uh, it comes out on January 12th.
0: So, Damon, tell us the subject matter of the film and why... Was it interesting to you?
1: Sure, the story is about a young boy from the Bronx who is struggling with his gender identity and starts using fantasy to escape his reality. And um, he uses uh, sort of music to escape his reality. So it's a musical. It's a hybrid musical. It interested me because uh, my mother is a priest, uh, an Episcopal priest, and I am a gay male. And so the subject of sort of religion and sexuality has always interested me because I've had a fine relationship with religion, although I'm not necessarily religious, but I know that Christianity and religion is often the time uh, is often the cause of a lot of hardship for people in the LGBTq community and I found out through my mother about a church that was taking care of LGBTQ youth on Saturdays and they had a program with social services and food and support and clothing and sort of a safe space for them to be themselves. And I thought it was interesting that on one side of the coin, religion was the cause of so many of these kids' problems, and on the other side, um, a church was taking them in and trying to sort of rectify it. And so... um, And
0: giving them a safe space. Yeah,
1: and giving them a safe space and and caring for them and sort of righting the wrongs. And um, so I went to this program, and I volunteered there uh, for some months, and I heard the kids' stories, and I was just sort of so inspired by them and everything they'd been through that um, it just sort of all clicked and so the sort of the the world and the script and the musical sort of element came from there because in the program there was a cafeteria where they would sort of discuss and 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 talk about everything that was going on their lives and then adjacent to it was an auditorium where they would or gymnasium where they would perform and dance and there was sort of this The freedom and the sort of power that they felt when they were dancing was really inspiring. So uh, the musical sort of angle came in from there.
2: Cool. Tell us a little bit about the casting process and and who is the cast?
1: Yeah, so the cast is uh, the majority are first-time actors, some of whom went to the program. For a few of them, this was their first time acting ever. It was a combination of going through the traditional casting route with the casting director who brought in some people. And then I, on Facebook, I emailed uh, the House of Extravaganza, and they um, sent in some people to audition. And so tell
2: us who, who. what is the House of Extravaganza.
1: Yes, the House of Extravaganza is, I don't know if anyone's seen Paris is Burning, but a lot of times when when um, kids are dealing with homelessness or sort of lack of a family structure, they, they form communities or sort of families within sort of uh, the lgbtq community and they're called houses and the easiest way to sort of i guess imagine it would be like a fraternity or sorority except it's not as obnoxious and it doesn't have latin names or greek names um <laughs> oh. greek <laughs> names
0: is that the only difference yeah no
1: okay and also um you know there's a mother of the house and a father of the house sort of like a traditional family structure
0: oh really there's uh, a mother of the house the yeah side? is that voted on or that just it naturally sort of happened
1: that the that the i mean the father of the house uh, usually is the one that is sort of more the um person with advice and mm-hmm. and um guidance and the, and the mother of the house now is sort of like a figure an icon sort of within the community and so a lot of homeless lgbtq youth they'll join a house and it's like a, it's like a family and they're there and they're supportive for one another and they watch out for each other and um And then they also compete against each other at balls, which are sort of um, big events where everyone comes, and they have different categories, and people walk, or they perform, or they dance against one another for um, prizes, and the houses compete against each other. So there's the House of Extravaganza, and the House of Aviance, and the House of Ninja. So I emailed Jose Extravaganza. I got in touch with Jose Extravaganza, who used to dance for Madonna, actually. And Mm -hmm. voguing, actually, is sort of um, taken from the ball community. Yeah. Um and uh like Madonna's Vogue and right. um and uh he put me in touch with he sent it out to all the kids in his house and they showed up an audition and they were amazing.
0: That's cool. So, uh, can you talk about shooting? And so it's twenty days mm-hmm. in
1: the Bronx. The
0: Bronx in the summertime.
1: Shot at my mother's church uh-huh. too.
0: Yeah, and we're. I mean, every day I'm sure there was something unexpected that happened that you had to think on the fly for, is there anything that pops out, any stories that pop out in your mind as something that you had to real quick problem solve about and...
1: Well, we had to shoot a lot of the musical numbers in, like, four hours, which is sort of insane when you think about, like, they shoot a music video over a couple days. So that in itself was insane, but it was always time. We never had enough time. We shot one scene in 15 minutes, which was just insane, Um, but it was either shooting that scene or not getting it at all. There was a heat wave in the Bronx that we were sort of working through, and you can't have air conditioners going, obviously, when you're on set because of sound. We only had one day to shoot on the Christopher Street Pier, and there were, and that was the only day we had it. And there were huge lightning storms that were happening over across the Hudson that we could see. And it was this constant, like, are we getting this shot in? Do we have to break everything down for safety reasons? And so we were just, like, zooming through these scenes. And then literally about three minutes after we cut for the day, it was, like, torrential downpours. And so it was constantly thinking sort of on the fly. I remember one scene, we were supposed to shoot a bunch of scenes in one day and there was no way we were making it time-wise and I just had to like cut a scene on the fly and try to pull the dialogue into like, and merge it into another scene really quickly just because we needed the dialogue, but we didn't really need the scene. So it was a lot of thinking really fast and um, just sort of being decisive. Um, But, you know, you, you're lucky enough to be shooting a movie, so you just sort of make it work.
0: So Saturday Church is your directorial debut.
1: Yes, my first time as a writer and director.
0: What was a huge lesson that you learned throughout this whole experience?
1: Being decisive is, is one of those things. Like, you don't have so much time, so you really just need to make a decision. But in hindsight, I mean, I would always have no lead up I would always be like action cut like the second they finish saying a line and I realized how stupid that was that I was like dude you gotta give me like more time and like you know you like like it's in the moments where they don't think stuff is happening where great stuff is happening and I was very naive to that so um I mean that's like a one small thing that I have that I definitely remember being like oh god I gotta learn that more Um, I think you also learn more about the writing process, what's what's used, what can be used, what's unnecessary. Um, It's this weird thing where you wanna, you don't wanna like trim the fat of the script too much, but at the same time, you don't wanna be wasting time shooting scenes that you never end up using in a movie. And a lot is sort of repetitious or uh, unnecessary. And so, you know, um, that was, fascinating to sort of see what i could have cut out and like the scenes we didn't end up even putting in the movie that i never even needed i loved the sound design process like i love that a lot more than i thought i would um and just how incredibly important sound is and what fun you can have with sound i feel like it's something that always gets um looked over um and then also just casting the right actors for the role and then just trusting them to have the instincts to do what's right even if it's first time actors i mean if you feel that they're right then their instincts are right and i i'd really try not to micromanage and i think leading uh even though it's stressful like a happy sort of set really sets the tone you know like people don't want to it's a really intense period of time and so if everyone's for the most part in a good mood and they're having a fun time and it's a safe space i think you get better performances out of the actors, I think the crew is more, you know, ready to push harder or come up with something more creative on the fly. Um, so, yeah, all of that stuff was, was, was it's like theories that you hear about and then you implement it and you go, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for the next one, I, I've got it more in my bones now and I, I have, I feel like I have a broader understanding also, it's really draining. Like, I didn't... I, I was unaware of how many... I mean, literally every decision, whether it's, like, do you want this box or this box? Do you want this on the chair? Do you want that? How should I sit in line? What Where should the lights? The camera's here? Like, you know it, but then when you're bombarded... It's another thing to know. It, it's another thing to, like, be sort of bombarded every time you finish answering one question. It's like a series of other questions and you're on for, like, you know, the whole day. So... It takes a lot out of you, mm-hmm. but um, it was great. I, I think I think decisiveness is that there's a story that I uh, that I had heard before going on the set where like someone was on set with Mike Nichols. A uh, set dresser came up and said like, "Which chair do you want? The red chair or the blue chair?" And he was like, "The red chair." And the person walked away, and and, and uh, the person said that he was with said, "Why the red chair? What's special about the red chair?" And he said, "Nothing's important about the red chair. What's important is I made a decision, and that the production keeps on going." And I thought. I will keep that in mind. And mm-hmm. as I told that story, the prop person came up and said, which box do you want, the wooden <laughs> box or the tin box? And I said, the tin box. And they said, okay. <laughs> it was, like, so weird. It felt like it was a setup. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was... And then also I had spoken to some actresses, and they had said, with actors, just being supportive of actors, and even if you don't like the choice they're making, not making them feel guilty or shut, make them shut down about it. It was about sort of... Uh, that was great, why don't we try it one more time this way? And, and sort of that positivity and reinforcement just makes people open up. Open up. Mm-hmm. You don't want people shutting down, you don't want them like not trusting their instincts or their impulses or anything like that. Yeah, because
0: so, then they get self-conscious and in their head. And, yeah. yeah. We like to talk about what we've been consuming lately, watching, reading, all that stuff. I'll go first. So I just started the marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
1: Oh, is that good? I oh,
0: I love it. You so know, really. Okay. I didn't watch Gilmore Girls. I don't and even know so
1: what
0: it's about. I, a mother and a daughter. Gilmore Girls or Mrs. Gil- Gilmore Maisel? Girls? <laughs> Were you asking what Gilmore Girls was? What Gilmore Girls was about, or what the marvelous Mrs. No, Maisel the mar was
1: about? the marvelous Miss- Miss- Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. So she's married.
0: I love it. I think it's great. It's very delightful. It's delightful. It's, it, it's joyful. It looks
1: like it has a bit of whimsy it's in it. It's got some whim.
0: It's a, <laughs> and it's got it's got period costumes.
1: I've seen that on the billboards.
0: Yeah. And the actress Rachel Rachel Brosnahan. She won a Golden Globe. She looked
1: very sweet. She seemed like a nice person. She
0: did seem like a really nice
1: person. Didn't seem like affected or you know. Yeah, like if you on.
0: if you emailed her, she'd email you back oh, in a yeah, timely def- manner. No, definitely, definitely within 24 like hours. Yeah, 24 hours. And if it's more than that, she'd apologize. Should, yeah,
1: that would be, I'm so sorry it took yeah. me a bit. <laughs> so is it a comedy or is it?
0: Yeah, it's yeah. a comedy with some moments of heart and drama, I guess I would. A
1: heartful dramedy? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to consolidate these things.
0: Roxy's busy adjusting levels, Sorry. so Damon, do Damon. you want to
2: maybe... Yeah. Well, what, have what have you
0: been, been, what have been, consuming? been consuming?
1: What have I been <laughs> consuming? I've been watching a bunch of movies, trying to catch up on all the awards buzz. I really, really loved Phantom Thread.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Thought it was so good. Mm-hmm. I watched it twice. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really good. I've been watching The Crown. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for a British period piece with a great score. Mm-hmm. Um... And I've been reading this book called The Woman in the Window oh, by A.J. Finn. Mm. It's about a woman with a agoraphobia who witnesses a murder um, and isn't sure if it's sort of made up in her head or if it's based in reality. And uh,
0: It's like rear window meets the girl on the train.
1: It's exactly the rear window. It's getting mm. amazing reviews. Um, Stephen King said it's unput it downable. Oh. Wow. Something.
2: I love Stephen King. Yeah. So
1: I've also been watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Same. I do a little highbrow, lowbrow situation. Yeah, me too. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills being highbrow, of course. Of course. And Um, Phantom Thread being
0: lowbrow. And Phantom
1: (laughs) Thread being lowbrow. That's what I've been consuming.
2: Roxy. I've been consuming Planet Earth 2 on on Netflix. Um, Is
1: it as beautiful
2: uh if, if not more so i think so planet earth one they didn't cover the whole planet there was no still, they, didn't oh, the way oh, they didn't make it all the <laughs> way around they didn't make it was still earth left yeah and and there's a bit of a undertone of you know lots of things have changed in the 10 years that wow. planet earth one was filmed mm-hmm.
1: probably for the wars Correct,
2: <laughs> um, but it's beautiful, and the cinematography is like the most amazing in the world. So, how did they, they do it? Shoot how that did they on? do
0: it? And even I mean, ten years ago, yeah, blown was, away
2: was how did they do that? I also have been watching Big Mouth, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with. About Billy Billy Bass, the. Uh, <laughs> That novelty toy. Yeah, yeah. The no, history it's an- of Billy wow. Oh. <laughs> no, it's a it's a Nick Kroll and John Mulaney's oh. animated series. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Oh, if okay. you haven't watched it yet, it's yes, I have. Hilarious. It's a kid that
1: gets like hard on at night. and It's has, about like, a monster. Yeah, it's
2: about pu- puberty basically, and it's voiced by like every single you know Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig and. Uh, Fred Armisen blah 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 blah.
0: every funny person every funny person Mm. it's really good okay I'm gonna watch that so we like to end the show with fun facts about movies that we liked
1: oh lovely
0: trivia and my trivia today is about a movie called Get Out Mm. which I really loved this year. I
1: really want to see this movie.
0: I thought it was very good. seen it
1: yet? I haven't seen it. And I know it's not like impossible. I can just download it on iTunes. I just <laughs> haven't seen it.
0: So this is all my source is imdb.com.
1: You always have the best sources.
0: I do have the best untapped <laughs> sources. So maybe people already know my fun facts, but whatever. If you've read the trivia about Get Out on IMDB, but turn the podcast off if that's the case. So <laughs> Chance the Rapper. Was so impressed by the movie that he bought all of the movie tickets from Chicago movie theaters just so people could go see the film for free.
1: And he sounds like the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time I hear his name, it's something nice.
0: And in one of his tweets talking about the film, he says, "Just pull up with an ID and enjoy the movie."
1: Isn't that oh, nice? that's really nice.
0: Yeah, this is this is a, also a good one. Director Jordan Peele asserted that the scene where Walter is running at Chris and the audience, at full speed, is a nod toward the power of depth in films. And he cites North by Northwest as an example of this technique, stating, somebody running at you or towards you just creates a visceral and physical reaction for the audience. Ooh! I thought that was, that was a good fun fact. My third fun fact, because I love this actor, this is the second film in which Steven Root plays a blind character. The first being, "Oh brother, where art thou?"
2: I heard that maybe this is common knowledge, but I just found it out that um, we don't know until you tell <laughs> us the fact. <laughs> that the germ of the idea, as you put it, Shannon, is came from Jordan Peele's wife, or maybe it's just his girlfriend, um, Chelsea wife. Peretti. And mm. that that it was loosely based on The, uh, the first time that he met her parents mm. But I mean, obviously, you know
1: Wait, don't tell me Because I haven't <laughs> seen this movie It's <laughs> impossible to find
2: yeah, I, I bet I
1: cannot find this I movie bet. I
2: mean, I think it was more of a joke Like, oh, what was that What it was like to meet my family mm-hmm. Or whatever, but anyway mm-hmm. Do you have a trivia, Damon?
1: Nicole Kidman was originally supposed to play Kate Winslet's part in The Reader oh. And then got pregnant Kate oh. Winslet won the Oscar. She did. And Nicole Kidman was on stage when they she gave like Kate Winslet the award.
0: Oh it. wow!
1: Yeah, really fun. A lot
0: of fun. <laughs> really fun. All right. But that
1: happens all the time. All the they time.
0: Say. Somebody turns down a role and then somebody else wins the Oscar for it. Yeah. Sometimes
1: mm-hmm. it benefits you. Sometimes it benefits someone else.
0: I turned down the lead role in Titanic.
1: Really. Yeah,
0: Jack. Um, the role of Jack. <laughs> Damon, thank you so much for coming to chat with us today on Below the Line. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah,
0: and everybody go see Saturday Church in New York and LA and then streaming.
1: Yeah, VOD and iTunes on January 12th.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening to Below the Line presented by the Lower East Side Film Festival. The festival this year is June 7th through the 14th. 2018 in New York City's Lower East Side. Visit LASFilmFestival.com for more details.